0: Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to Rad XP. I'm your host, Rad 7. This is the first episode of Many to Come. Let's uh, crack straight into it. So, a buddy of mine, his name is John. He's a very stand-up guy. Puts his socks on one at a time. Buckles his pants. Got the overalls. However, he does tend to put milk in before his cereal. So I'm kind of questioning him on that. And he got himself into a little bit of trouble. So let's uh, paint the mental canvas real quick with date and setting. August 27th, 2003. John is on his way from work when he receives a call from his boss. His boss tells him, John, I've got great news. Listen to this. The company's been doing great. We're seeing record profits explode. John's real excited right now because this means that he potentially might get a raise. However, before... John could say, congratulations, that's awesome news. His boss immediately says after, we're going to have to let you go, my man. John, still on his way to work, realizes what his boss just got done saying to him. And is shocked, gasped, taken aback in the breath out of his lungs. His boss... Immediately follows up with, your severance package has already been mailed out. Good luck on your future endeavors. Reason B is because John worked for a company that had at-will hiring and firing. So, kind of took the L with that one. Now, John calls me up when he gets home, told his wife all that, and he's pretty uh, distraught about it. Calls me up, asks if I got a minute. I say, oh yeah, sure, why not? What's on your mind, bud? He says, we need to go down to the pool hall to talk about some stuff. I say, okay, I'll meet you there. Me and John get to the pool hall. We get our cues, we get our balls, and we're ready to... Rack them up and stack them. We play a game or two. Have a drink. Maybe one too many. And he tells me the news. And I ask him if he has a plan. And he tells me, oh yeah, I got a plan. I applied to a uh, park ranger position down by the old forest near the cabin. And I says to him... Oh, the one where we got a, we got ourselves a cabin? And he says, yeah, the exact same one. So I say to him, that's cool and all, John, but how are the wife and kids going to handle it? And without a, without a skip of a beat, he tells me that she already left because their marriage was faulty. And I'm like, oh, well, that's kind of wild. Anywho... Let's fast forward to, what was it? October of 2023. He's all ready to just up and leave. It's only about like a hour and a half to two hour drive to where his station is. And on the way there me and him are keeping in contact with each other like he's just sending me uh updates yada 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 he gets to a restaurant and he notices that the waitress was acting a little strange like, she, it kind of seemed like she was zoned out, focusing on other things when he was at the register trying to pay for his meal. And he asked her, Hey, you good? You look a little zoned out. And then she immediately snapped back to reality, reality and says to him, Thank you, come again. Just dead serious as if nothing was strange about the interaction so John's on his way to his station and it's nighttime-ish I'd say around nine o'clock p.m. still some sunlight but it's Dusk. It is dusk time. He gets to the station and he notifies uh the ranger that's at the entrance for the forest gate. And he says to him, Hey, I'm the new guy. Where do I go? So the ranger Points him in the direction, and he's got to go northeast, follow the trail. When you get to the fork, make a left. You'll be heading north, and just keep following north until you get to Station Charlie. So, that's what he does. John notices that the sky is getting much darker. So he takes out his flashlight. Now John's walked maybe two and a half miles up the trail to where he reaches the fork and then he turns left. With his flashlight out, he's looking around, making sure no creatures are stalking him. He gets maybe, I don't know, 800 feet away so roughly around two and a half blocks away from Charlie's station when he starts to hear some footsteps off to his right-hand side so he flings his flashlight over but nothing's there John thinks to himself well I am in a dark forest My senses are obviously playing tricks on me. What is there to be worried about? I've been in the forest thousands of times. These things happen. So as John is making his way up to the Ranger Tower, he sees it and it stands at about 100 feet in the air. It's got a spiral staircase leading up to where he will be staying. And inside of it is a little cot, a little mini fridge for supplies, food, drink, uh, pots, pans, little wooden stove, and binos, and a map, and a computer that he has to log into periodically for weather updates. When he, when he gets into the station, he is greeted with a radio call from the neighboring tower, Bravo. And the tower supervisor calls in just to make sure everything's hunky-dory. John responds back everything's good so that'll end day one of John's little adventure now begins day two of John's new occupation of being a park ranger and he wakes up at about 6 a.m. when the birds are chirping the mice are squeaking getting into their holes and he hears a call on the radio asking for verification if john's awake he responds back hunky-dory he is then told to meet down at tower alpha where the park supervisor resides so He gets dressed with his uniform that he was given at orientation. He even has a nice cool little park ranger hat. I'm sure Smokey the Bear would be delighted to hear that John is taking this job seriously. So he and the ranger from Tower Bravo... They meet up at the fork that John used to get to Tower Charlie. From then on, I forget what his name is, but the Ranger and John make their way on over to Tower Alpha. And there he is given a more detailed orientation Of his responsibilities. And it's basically. Just ranger duties. Like hey. If you see. Campers. That are causing a ruckus. Leaving open. Leaving a fire unattended. You got to stomp that shit out. Can't have the forest being burned down. Because of negligence. And make sure. There's no suspicious activity going on. All that good stuff. So him and Ranger Bravo, I'm going to call him. They start familiarizing themselves with each other. Uh, Ranger Bravo has been in the park for a couple years now. He says to John, there's not really much to be concerned about other than the occasional bear but you got bear mace in your orientation so should be all right with that and he advised John to get familiar with what kind of animals are in the forest like deer uh, groundhogs a lot of birds so many birds shoot You might even see Big Bird out there. The ranger joked. So, John goes up to his tower and does his afternoon report. Skies are clear. Winds are traveling northeast about... 15 miles an hour, enough to see the tops of the trees sway back and forth a little bit. Nothing major, nothing too exciting. Fast forward a little bit, John's making some food. Uh, probably has maybe three hours of daylight time. And then, at around... what did he say at, like eight p.m, just when the sun was kissing the horizon before sun actually set, he notices smoke coming up from the northwest of his station. So he he radios up to Tower Bravo and asks if Tower Bravo can see the smoke plume in the northwest from Tower Charlie's location. And Tower Bravo radios back. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Must be some camper's. You mind going checking on it? John obliges. So he grabs his equipment and he's he only has like a, some bear mace and a flashlight. So he grabs his stuff and he goes down northeast about a mile uh northeast yeah and he notices and when he when he sees the campsite that had the uh smoke plume coming out of it he sees like a like some debris uh some beer cans some chairs And a vehicle. Nothing else, though. Nothing else. So, he radios up to Bravo and asks if he knows anything about um, a vehicle just being parked in the forest. And radio... Excuse me, Tower Bravo radios back. Oh, yeah, sometimes campers like to make paths of their own. Uh, If the vehicle is small enough, we let it slide. If it's like a camper, then we have to tell them to get lost and use the camper trails. So John tells uh, the ranger at Station Bravo... Yeah, I got a beat-up hatchback with no personnel accounted for. I definitely see where the fire is. Some beer cans and chairs. Uh, What do you want me to do about it? And Ranger Bravo responds with, uh, just wait a couple minutes, see if they return. If they don't, stomp the fire out, but don't get your feet burned. It's pretty much all you can do. Is the vehicle still running, he asks. And John goes over to look at the vehicle, and it's not running, but the keys are inside. So he radios back. No, nah, vehicle's not running, but keys are inside. I don't exactly know where these people could have gone. So there's a slight pause when John says that over the radio before Tower Bravo responds back. Hey, sorry, John uh you came in broken and unreadable you mind repeating that so john repeats his transmission and ranger bravo responds with oh okay so there's really nothing we can do if the vehicle's off it's not running leave it be and they'll return when they do. uh we'll definitely make note of it in our nightly notations. Be sure to keep a lookout for your surroundings. We've had reports of bears in the vicinity. Make sure to always carry your bear mace and report back when you arrive at Tower Charlie so we can file our nightly reports. Be careful, John. John responds with, Thanks, bravo. Charlie out. And with that being said, I do believe that is a good place to end this episode of john's little adventure thanks for tuning in and zoning out this has been rad xp with rad 7 thanks for listening and i'll catch you again